It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Exum of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Super important, critical take to give you today, and this is what it is. Whoa, Tiger Woods with a birdie. Luke Braun here of the Locked On Vikings podcast, and I am built like a cornerback in the 2023 NFL draft. Arif Hassan with uh, Pro Football Network. I'm built like a receiver in the 2023 NFL draft. Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota football party. It's your guys hanging out talking next level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings Insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota Football Party. And it starts now. Hey, there he is. It's Luke Inman returning. It's the Minnesota Football Party on a Thursday. I'm Sam. Those are the Lukes. That's Arif Hassan. Today on the show, where would Dalvin Cook rank among Vikings all-time running backs if he's done in Minnesota? We get into that hot debate, draft prospects that we like that others don't. And we've got some leftover fan questions from the mailbag show yesterday. Ron Johnson also expected to make a cameo. And Luke Inman debuts his trivia segment, which he's been preparing uh, tirelessly for the last 48 hours. He told me that. Uh, hasn't slept. Gentlemen, um, breaking news sounder today reserved for big golf Poor shots. Bro. And big golf shots only. I'll, 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 I'll be monitoring. I'm not distracted, but I'll be monitoring. Uh, let's get into the the topic of the day. This is the lull. This is the time of the of the the off season where we debate about players' legacies. Um, do we don't know Dalvin Cook's future? I suspect it's not with the Minnesota Vikings, and I'm wondering where he ranks among all time Minnesota Vikings running backs. If this is the end, Dalvin Cook's six years in Minnesota. Um, I always lean on the historian Luke Braun for questions like this first. So Luke Braun. Your take. So I, I think we can really cleanly put three guys over him without any argument, right? Chuck Foreman, Adrian Peterson, and Robin Smith. Robert, 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 Robert Smith. Brown? 
Um, that I think is uh, the debate. The I'll debate you right there on Robert Smith, but go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah, Bill Bill Brown, I would put over Dalvin Cook. I would put Darren you Nelson would. over oh, Dalvin wow, Cook. Oh, wow, that's so exciting. Because uh, Dalvin Cook, six years ain't that much. There's a lot of guys that have been there for a decade. I know, it's just um, not many people would put Bill Brown up there. What about uh, Osborne? I what don't about, think um, they would do Dave Osborne because I think he was second fiddle to Brown a lot. Wh- what was. about... What about Matt Asiata <laughs> or Mo Williams? <laughs> Mo I'm Williams, just, baby. I'm just confused. Um, so is it more about the Ontario. longevity as the historian? Yeah, I think if we're like ranking running backs over time, I, I, and like where they, like the place they had in Vikings history, I don't know. To me, the guy who was like the dude for like 12 years, which is Bill Brown, just feels like he's going to ultimately, you know, when we look back on Dalvin Cook and, 10 20 years i don't think we're going to look back on him with the fondness that we look back on bill brown with and i think okay well, I, i'm about, trying not this? like to like adjust for recency bias a little bit no i understand that but how about this you have a game tomorrow and you get the best era adjusted version of that player interesting right i like that would you rather have bill brown mm. as your running back or dalvin cook dalvin okay because that's where I was coming at it from, and I was like, "No way, okay. we could put Bill Brown." Yeah, Dalvin Cook. Bill, yeah, I, I think Bill Brown has four thousand yard scrimmage seasons out of his twelve year, thirteen year Vikings career. No thousand yard rushing seasons. Oh, okay, but no. Here's here's the issue, and this is why I brought up Dave Osborne. Yep. They were both excellent backs, and so you'd mm-hmm. split them, right? Yeah, that'd be and- like discounting Chester Taylor while Adrian Peterson was on the roster or something. Well, not quite, and- but like. I'll- I'll add to that. A lot of those years were Chuck Foreman years where then he became the bell, the bell cow and Bill Brown played what we would recognize now. I think they would call it like halfback, but he was more of a fullback like yeah, yeah. type. But okay, so we're, we're confident that Adrian Peterson and Chuck Foreman are above Cook. I'm comfortable with that too. I'm okay. I'm very comfortable Hall of Famers. With that. <laughs> totally. So, so yeah, I mean no no, I get it. So so the the question then is is Robert Smith, right? Because if 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 Robert Smith did not have injury problems, like if Dalvin Cook did not have injury problems. We have two completely separate conversations about these. But Robert Smith's injury problems, at least at like the beginning of his career, yeah, yeah, yeah. were more impactful in terms of games missed than Dalvin so, Cook. So here is the, the four-year window, I think, where we have to have that comparison. Sure. Um, Robert Smith, the first four years are kind of a wash, whether it was injuries or splitting time. He had a four-year peak to end his career, 57 games, almost 5,000 rushing yards on the nose, almost 1,000 receiving yards on the nose in four years. Dalvin Cook, toss out the first two years, injury problems, four-year peak, 19 to 22, played 58 games, one game more than Smith, about identical rushing yardage, 5,000 rushing yards, uh, doubled Robert Smith in touchdowns, 43 to 21, had 400 more receiving yards, 1,400 to 1,000. What did the fumbles look like? I know that was a big thing, too. 19 fumbles during Dalvin's yeah. career. Robert Smith with 25 yeah, but- more games, only nine fumbles. Chuck Foreman, by the way, you think Cook had a lot of fumbles. 52 fumbles? Holy okay, smokes. So hey, he- don't worry. He's still number two, but 52 the, fumbles. Okay. Holy smokes. Uh, look up Walter Payton's fumbles. Teams oh my gosh. did not care about fumbles for, like, the longest time. They just... It's just crazy to think about now care. in today's day. Yeah. Walter Butterfingers Peyton. That's what they called him. Yeah. Well, no, they didn't call him anything like that because they didn't care. <laughs> no one cared about that's fumbles. That's crazy. So, 
when you when you go like prior to like 1990 the fumble numbers are almost cartoonish like just in terms of like how much it doesn't impact somebody's legacy yeah i did a triple take Uh, 52 fumbles in 93 games what holy smokes but it does make sense you think back to that era i get it especially when you're producing at that level right so i think it's appropriate to compare like robert smith fumbles and Dalvin Cook fumbles. I don't think it's fair to compare Chuck Foreman to Dalvin Cook fumbles or anything like that. Um, which I I am curious about fumbles per touch of Dalvin versus Adrian. If somebody can do that quick math, I don't want. I don't feel like it right now. I, I didn't we do this one time and it was like embarrassingly bad for Adrian. I think it, I think it was. I think you're right. Um, I think you might be right. So Adrian, it was like thirty nine fumbles thing. on. <laughs> yeah. 2435 touches, 49 fumbles. Can anyone anyone have a calculator? In theory, I'm not touching one. 3535 divided by 49. That's 72 approximately touches between each fumble. Okay, Dalvin Cook, 1503 divided by 19. No, it's not close. Uh, 1503 divided by 19, 79. 79. So it's not that much worse yeah. for Adrian. Look at that. But it is worse for Adrian. It is worse. Yeah. Hmm. So, okay. So the thing with Robert Smith is so you compared his total rushing, total touchdowns, total receiving, right? How many yep. more touches did Robert Smith have over the course of those 57 games than Dalvin had over those 58 games? All right. I got you. Um, but it like this is I think it's actually a great debate. And Braun, I want to know why you had pretty strong conviction about Robert Smith, but it's um it's twelve forty five touches for Dalvin. It is that it's over thirteen hundred for eleven twenty two oh. for Smith. So he was a little more efficient. Slightly. Yeah. yeah. That's I I, th- I think I'm going on vibes more than any kind of like measurable here. Robert Smith felt a lot more like this. I mean, he had this sort of Irv Smithish start to his career where you could, there was always so much potential and he was this Ohio state, super blue blooded guy and he just couldn't stay healthy. And then once he actually stayed healthy and he kind of made good on that potential, he was a total fan favorite. Everybody was heartbroken when he retired. And I feel like uh, Dalvin cook right now, if you ask, a, fa- a, a random Minnesota Vikings fan, if if they think that they should keep Dalvin Cook, I feel like you're going to get a lot of mixed answers. Like they don't even want him on the team anymore because nobody likes to pay running backs. I think it's going to be hard legacy wise for running backs to like make the Ring of Honor or get their jersey numbers retired like they used to because that position mm. is just so like reviled. Just off the vibes alone, the legacy, I don't know. Maybe I'm a little biased just growing up in that area. I'm with you. I lean a little bit more towards Robert Smith. It is tough. You're right, Sam. It is a good debate, though. By association, Robert Smith has better vibes. 100% agree. Like, what would happen if Dalvin Cook retired tomorrow? And everybody was like, whoa, that's really young. Like, oh, you're right. How would people react? We'd be like, oh, "Oh, that that money come off the cap? Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Roberts, because Robert Smith literally had his best year in 2000. Is that yeah. um is that tracking? Dalvin Cook, people would say, well, you know, he's getting out before he really bottomed out, but he was headed there. Um, right. right. Robert Smith is like, yeah, I'm going to be a doctor. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm going to come He did with have his book. best year by far 1,500 rushing yards um, and another 350 okay, through the year. Almost a 2,000 yard season total. Yeah. That's wild. 
That's there wild. It Here it is. Went out on top with a 41 donut. But again, Matt Asiata <laughs> in his prime, just when you adjust <laughs> the numbers for that era. Um, I do have a I great trivia Kate, question. Who's our favorite I, I, snap I back? Who's our favorite third down back? Jarek, the Jet? See the guy? No, 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 no. Jarek was way better after Minnesota. That's yeah. pretty fun with Minnesota, too. But hey. fun. Mo Williams. Hey. Yeah, I love Mo. Yeah, Mo Williams. Same era. There, Waltzing right? Moeldy Moore. Oh, yeah. Tulane. Trivia question. Trivia Tulane. question. Of the top 100 Vikings running backs in yardage, who had the best yards per carry of any back? So that doesn't include receivers like Cordero, doesn't Cordero, include right. quarterbacks like Dante. Running right. back. Running back mm-hmm. yards per Like top 100. So we so this is some really weird small, small samples. sample. Yeah. Like, is it anybody that I covered in training camp? Yes. So it's a recent <laughs> recent guy. Mike Boone. Luke wins. Mike Boone. Oh, oh my really? God. Yep. And it's wow. really not that close. It's he's five point three. Wow. He's the only guy That's over great. five yards per carry career yeah. within that that framework. Hmm. Is he still in Denver? No, he just signed with uh what was it Houston? Oh, I think you're him. right. I think you're right. Oh, they're building something over there. Watch out. I don't know. Mike, I hope he pulls the clue that they're building something. But yeah. <laughs> Oh, I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> Nonetheless, they are. I like what that no, they are. They are. I like they got like Jimmy Ward coming in. Uh, yeah, yeah. I want to Kate. Yeah. Where's Rock Thomas at nowadays? That's the real question. Yeah. Was it Jacksonville State? Is that right? Rock Thomas? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That sounds right. Uh, yeah. I want to Kate real quick because I think he. I th- I think Darren Nelson is unfairly remembered solely for his drop fumble? near the end of his time mm. uh, as a Viking. Uh, he was good. Uh, yeah, he was solid. He replaced Chuck Foreman, basically. He was supposed to replace Chuck Foreman. He wasn't Chuck Foreman. He's not a Hall of Famer. But he did all of that all-around stuff. He blocked. He caught passes. He ran well. Uh, and he was the bell cow throughout a whole decade of Vikings football. Unfortunately, his legacy will just always be marred because when you hear Darren Nelson, you think of that time he dropped the ball in the NFC championship game and they lost, uh, which was a drop, by the way, don't talk to me about how the cornerback cornerback made contact after the ball was already flying away. That was a drop. But, Would he have crossed the, the plane though? Cause he was, yes. he was like on the, the one foot line and the angle wasn't in his favor. I think he might've been, if not, Act, like he might have been ruled short, and I don't think they had review to to fix that. So I, I think he was definitely in, and mm-hmm. I have, I believe, I have tweeted that clip from the history doc. I have the Zapruder film of him. <laughs> I Zapruder the, the heck out of it. <laughs> I, I was sick of hearing. I, I I was watching the 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 nineteen eighty seven America's game for Washington that year. And they made this huge deal about Classic. this crazy good play you would do that, that Daryl Green made. And it's like, no, he didn't. <laughs> he hit the dude after the ball was gone. <laughs> How old was Green? He heard footsteps on, on that play. Was he like 38? I have no idea. Right. <laughs> Daryl Green. St- well, that would mean Daryl Green started in like the early 70s. Is that true? Is that right? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I feel like he. Came I know that he, later. that he that he kept running fast until he was 40. That's what I know about him. That he. Oh, Daryl Green was a young player. He was okay. young at that point. Young, so so he was merely running a four one five at that point. He was in his athletic prime at that point. He was twenty seven. <laughs> yeah, 
I, oh. I have tagged you with the Zapruder film, Sam. You can peruse it at your leisure. Thank you. I love Zapruder film. Like did stuff. Champ Bailey great. when he was a rookie play with Daryl Green right at the end? Like Champ was a rookie and Daryl Green was like forty three mm. at the time, something like that. That that would track. That's a race I would have loved to see with uh, with Washington. Like OG. yeah, Champ I Bailey. Yeah, Bailey was ninety nine. Um, after this, I want some of your draft crushes that other people aren't crushing on after I remind folks that we are brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's America's number one sportsbook. And as the NBA playoffs and play-in approach, NHL playoffs as well, we got the Masters going on right now. Uh, get in the action. Claim your no-sweat first bet. If you're a new customer, get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, you can bet on every line, every league, uh, everything imaginable at FanDuel, the safe, secure, super easy-to-use app. FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started and claim that no sweat first bet. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Same game parlays, a whole lot of fun there too. Uh, make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. I've got the money on Tony Finau, teeing off this afternoon. Let's go, baby. Um, I go to Luke Inman now for draft crushes that are unpopular opinions. Now, I think Hendon Hooker is the easy answer here, but uh, if you have anybody else as well, Let's hear it. Who do you love that others don't? Well, How loaded is an easy answer to who do you love that others don't isn't inherently a tough answer because these guys have been talking about Hendon Hooker for like a, like three weeks. It's it's yeah, oh, you, yeah, you missed missed it. quite just us course. and other other no names like <laughs> the last time I was on the show talking about Hendon Hooker, I was just kind of crapping on them. So guys that you like, maybe you have a higher grade on than I, the general public. I'm good to go whenever I got like six names. Go. All right. One, Deontay Banks talked about it enough on the show. Love the guy. Right now, industry consensus has him at like 34, like right outside the first round. I think that's Weird. dumb. I think he should be in the mid 20s. Why so low? Just because there's like, I don't know exactly why so low. I think maybe it's ball production. I mean, he didn't have a ton of <laughs> yeah. ball production. Um, if you take Too a look at his corners. Yeah. And if you take a look at his pure. Uh, and there's so many corners. Yeah, if you take a look at his pure yards per coverage snap, it's not amazing. But I think when you watch him, I mean, he's just incredible. You like uh, him more than uh, Ringo and Cam Smith? Yes, actually. More yes, than both me of too. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I, I think there might be some stuff that like frustrates scouts with him because there's some like random bozo moments that probably are. There's too few of them for it to have like an outsized impact on on something like production. But it's stuff that like sticks with you that might bu be bugging mm -hmm. a lot. That might be mm -hmm. it. Uh, number two, this one is a bit of a cheat, even though I just made fun of the, of the idea of cheating on this one. Uh, but it's Anthony Richardson. You know, he ranks number yeah. 14 on the consensus board. I think that he's more valuable than that. I think that that's pretty fair. Uh, I just saw, was it Nate Tice and Benjamin Solak just stick up for him? No, Charles McDonald, Benjamin Solak just stick up for him like earlier today on the timeline. And I think that there's a really good argument to be made about how the stuff that is difficult to teach quarterbacks, and I don't just mean the physical stuff, he tends to have. And so when you teach him the stuff that's actually relatively easy to teach quarterbacks, it all can kind of come together. So that is uh, appealing to me. Would you have any problem with him going number one overall? I uh, actually no. Um, just I don't either. Of the, of the of way exactly that what you just said for these big guys, these big ceiling guys go. Um, number 18 by industry consensus. So this is not like a huge disagreement. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jibba. Jigba? This is your last one. Leave some meat on the bone for us. You, I said I had six. I like you these. Said these go. are great. 
All right. <laughs> I think that he's great. I think that if you give him, like if you put into a model that he has like a four six forty time or something like that, he actually still looks good from an athletic testing perspective he, uh, just because of the way that he's supposed to win. Um, I think that uh, his his market share, given that Marvin Harrison is on the same team, is actually really good from an analytical perspective when you adjust for that. And then I think you just kind of at some point have to kind of trust the Brian Hartline line of receivers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> There's something know, there, think, something in the water over there. there. Um, Brian Hartline recently ranked all of his receivers that he's ever had. Scary Terry was like four or five, mm-hmm. which is just a wild thought. Um, Marvin, number one, without hesitating. He was just like, uh, who are your top five receivers that you've ever coached? Marvin Harrison. Uh, now I'm going to have to think about it. Right? But number two, number two was Jackson. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust that one a little bit. But I'll, I'll, I'll let you go. And then if you don't name my other three, I'll just list them off super quick at the end of this. Jackson, I only have um, one. Maybe not the straight line speed, but fastest three cone in the combine, right? Was that what it was? I know. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. Short shuttle. Yeah. Ridiculous. Which is how he wins. Which is how he wins. Yep. Yeah. I think he's the best receiver in the class. And if you you watched his like route running drills at the combine, I mean, they were nuts. They're just absolutely nuts. Yeah. But I like these. I, I, I love knowing where the consensus board lies and then just obviously where, you know, in comparison and contrast where you have some guys too. But the consensus board is just always one of my oh, favorite parts as yeah. we get closer to this draft. Yeah. Not boating well for your guy, Quentin Johnston, though, to be first off the board, Luke. That was your big tout. Well, I mean, yeah, right the, now he's, the he's testing 13. didn't go the way it needed to for him. No, that was the that was the whole thing. I went into the combine week before days prior saying, I think Quentin Johnston, with everything I'm hearing from Bruce Feldman and some other news and notes and what coaches are saying, he's going to jump through the roof and he's going to run in the four fours, if not even faster. He didn't run. Well, he he jump jumped through the roof, the but he didn't yeah. run. And that was his problem. And well, and, and then. then- the pro he day, put up like a four four nine or something at his pro day or four yeah. five or something. Yeah, it was it was like yeah. four five two four five one at the pro day. Yeah. And it's like mm-hmm. man, I saw some people say he could get four four flat. That's, That's what rough. I'm saying. He yeah. looked like he was like he has he he runs so long like the, the that like right, long that stride long thing. Stride. Like, oh, he's got sneaky speed that it doesn't right. really look like because it's so casual. It and then up. also, no. okay, we're hearing rumors of six foot four. He comes in at what six two and change too, so that yeah. didn't help anything yeah. either. That was actually Justin Jefferson. Jefferson had the the two like the two inches on the team roster that didn't show up at the man you can't combine. trust those team weird rosters. deep state stuff going on with him yeah, been lied yeah to. you can't you can't trust those yeah. <laughs> yeah and just that in combination of jackson just his short shuttle the three cone things like that looking so, so good. good that was kind of the flip that's how he ended up taking over after combine week as the clear-cut number one for most people anyways it's for most like. people well i my the industry board still has uh quentin johnston 13 Jackson 18. I imagine by the time I publish the final board, they will flip. So you're probably correct, but just based off of what I have right now, Addison um, three, I'm assuming. uh, Yeah. Which I remember he was a, he was number two for the longest, longest times. He's a flowers four. uh, Oh no, no, no. Jackson is actually number three. Addison is two. Oh, wow. Interesting. Wow. I skipped right over. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Who's and up? just seeing the NFL just covet They're these big-bodied guys. Last year, first wide receiver taken, not Garrett Wilson, not Chris Olave, Drake London. All right, the obsession with these big-bodied, physical, height-weight speed freaks. That's what just kind of enticed me, assuming, all right, Quentin Johnson's going to go into Indy and he's going to tear it up. But that just never happened. Just too many yeah. things went He might him. still be the first receiver off the board he just could. because everybody else is built like Everybody's a podcaster. So small. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Luke Braun, who is your one guy on this list? Uh, speaking of guys built like podcasters, um, 
Clark Phillips. Yes. He's 47 hey, on the contents- yes. on the consensus board. I, if the Vikings took him at 23, I would not complain about it. Let's go. Um, I think the biggest reason he's falling is because people think he's a slot only because he's 5'9". I do not agree with that. I think he can absolutely play outside. I think he can influence receivers in like a, a squat or a wall technique, which is what cover two outside corners have to do. They have to be physical enough to knock somebody off of their uh, off of their route and slot corners have to do that a lot as well. I think we should probably begin to discard our notion that a, a short corner has to be a slot corner because the big Duke guys Shelley go in the effect. slot all the time. It's Duke Shelley. Yeah. Big so, cor- big receivers go in the slot all the time. Slot corners have to be in the run fit all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, I, there's like reasons to believe that short corners might be better on the outside. The only thing you're worried about is like, can he break up a contested catch on a fade, that kind of thing, which definitely is a concern, which is why he's, I mean, he's like the sixth guy on my board, but that, that there's six guys I would take at 23 of this corner class. Um, but I love, he has a very diverse set of footwork techniques. He can shuffle really well. His back pedal is really great. He can break on stuff really great. His feet are very clean. There's no wasted motion. There's a lot of great technique. He's really heady. He sees the field. There's so much to like about Clark Phillips. And I think people are just overthinking it because they see that he's five, nine and they think up, oh, gotta be a nickel. Gotta be only on the field 70% of the time because this is 2004 and that's how cornerback works. Yeah. And, and just to echo you too, like, okay, I get it. He's a huge outlier. People just want to throw him in the trash right away can't play in the nfl 29 inch arms i get it five foot nine but you flip on the tape that dude plays he thinks he's six foot five 220 like he'll take on some 260 pound tight ends and and offensive linemen once in a while he'll hold his own once in a while he gets the job done and i just love dbs who get their hands on the ball nine interceptions the last three years six last year alone 68 passer rating against there's some stuff to worry about for sure a little limited in the nfl tackling to worry about a little bit but you know you just get him on the field he's just one of those hard-nosed tough football players and in such a loaded class of cornerbacks again by the way last year was loaded too i don't know where you project him luke but if he ends up going third fourth round i mean you're picking a third fourth round what are you really expecting I mean, a starter would be outstanding, a sub-package guy. Yeah, Yeah. somebody who can impact a sub-package or something like that. You're getting your money's worth, I feel like. So I don't know where he's going to end up Uh, going, but somewhere in that third round-ish, I I feel like would be great. So right now he's ranked 47th on the board. You talk to any Pac-12 quarterback, and they'll say that he was the most difficult corner to throw against in the Pac-12, period. There you go. I mean, it's just – but my issue is that, you know, with projection, right? Because Amik Robertson, was an incredible quarter right. five seven. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Went in the fifth round, I think. Five seven? Um, God, I forgot about him. Yeah, right? He was incredible. Oh, and he Mayock. was like Colin Johnson, right? Six five Texas wow. receiver. Yeah. Like he was killing it, right? Uh he's okay. But he was a, he was the best corner in the country from a pure mm-hmm. coverage standpoint, if mm-hmm. you don't look at projection. And the Raiders tried to play him inside. He was okay inside. They tried to play him outside because of injury. He was better outside than he was inside. Right, just like Duke Shelley, but he's not you... like good. Right. Well, so think back to that because I remember that. That's a great callback, by the way. Especially him going toe to toe with Colin Johnson from Texas and all that stuff. But think back. Okay, Meek Robinson. He ends up going in the fifth. I think you said. Was there more hype right now? Doesn't it just feel like for Clark Phillips? Oh, absolutely. No, there is. There is. There is. But yeah, I, I I think that the comparison is at least instructive. For sure. Um, I I, I wish we had a more complete Jason Verrett com- uh, career. Mm. to really drive home some comparisons. Now, Jason Verrett was taller, but he's still an undersized guy. But, I mean, when he was healthy, Jason Verrett was stellar in the NFL. 
Right, um, right. And so there's something there. I just I think he's better than 47th overall. So in in that sense, I agree with you, Luke. But I would not be comfortable with him at 23. Mm-hmm. That those I mean, are those that's, are two different. That's fair. I, I was torn on that. To be perfectly fair, I one of my favorite scenarios in this draft, and I think it's plausible, is the one where the Vikings trade back, get additional day two picks, and take Clark Phillips with one of those day two Love picks. Love that. Yeah, I would yeah. Right mind battling it out, and I've got a front row seat. This is great. Uh, Creed Bratton <laughs> in the office. Um, I'll give you one guy that I think is, is undervalued. Then we got Ron Johnson waiting in the wings. Marvin Mims. Mm. Uh, Oklahoma receiver. Good. It's unbelievable. Good. This is again a guy that people will profile as a slot. I think he can play outside. He's a speed guy. He's a deep guy. He's a contested catch guy. He's a yak guy. He's young. Just turned twenty-one. Love his profile. Think he's a day two pick. Played uh, with like three different quarterbacks and three head coaches and two different systems and still dominated in college and high school. I think coming out, he was an absolute yeah. beast too. Super I think. quick. Josh Downs, BJ Ojolari, Darnell Wright. Those are my nice. Last. Love Ojolari. Never gets talked about. Never hear BJ Ojolari's yeah. name like that. All right. Let's bring Ron on. Ron Johnson next. Uh, make sure to first to subscribe to Luke Inman's newsletter, NFL Draft Buzz, locked on podcast.com slash newsletters to subscribe. Punch in your email for free. Get the latest draft news straight to your inbox. Ron Johnson joins the Minnesota football party. He hosts the Ron Johnson show Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays with the round table on Friday. You can find him on Twitter at three Ron Johnson, Ron, we're kind of nerding out about our favorite draft prospects. How far down the road do you get with, with prospects? Do you kind of go in with some, some guys that you've got your eye on, or do you kind of let it come to you uh, on draft night? Uh, honestly, like this year, normally I do like the Vikings do a, a big deal of it in the past. They've sent us, here's a couple positions and guys we're looking at drafting and they'll give us like receivers or give us maybe some DBs, uh, tight ends, guys that fit the guys I want to talk about for the show. Um, this year has been a bit of a, of, of quiet, I guess I'll call it. Uh, now granted the draft party's not to the 27th, uh, in the TV world, uh, contrary to belief, a lot of these shows are put together like a week and a half out. So, um, I don't really waste too much time on it early. I do do a couple, uh, mock drafts every once in a while, but the Vikings only having five picks right now, honestly, it's tough to get super excited, with a team that you already know they don't need much, and I think that's why there's been less buzz around uh, what the Vikings possibly might do because it's not like one of those years where they have to get a guy like Justin Jefferson or they have to get a Dalvin Cook or they they like if they don't get Christian Darrisaw, they're in trouble. They have the pieces already. Like It's just how do we add these last pieces of the puzzle to build this uh, possible playoff run championship team? And I think that's it. But I, I do like uh, the the corners that could fall to them at 23. When you add Byron Murphy in, who's a guy that can play in the slot and outside, um, it gives you leeway to go get a guy like Joey Porter Jr. who can be a day one starter, long play outside, and then that allows Byron Murphy to be your nickel. Um, be your, you know, he'd be your left or right corner starter. Then he could be your nickel. You can bring in uh, Andrew Booth Jr. or Caleb Evans as your third DB to stay outside. But Byron Murphy's going to be your travel DB. Um, so that's really about as far as I've gotten. Uh, you know, Osiris Torrance, you know, the the offensive lineman out of Florida. You know, he's rumored to go to the Jags, which is after the Vikings. So if the Vikings aren't too keen on the guards they have now, uh, you know, because you look at uh, Cle- Ezra Cleveland. 
you know, the other guys they bought in, you know, it are those the answers to to this as well? They did resign Bradbury. So if offensive guard is the way to go, that could be a pick there too. Uh, but but my gut feeling is that it's going to be a trade back. Um, the Vikings have historically, because it's not just the coach and the GM, it's the owners as well. And historically, they're always looking to get more picks. And so I, I, I do feel like it's going to be a trade back situation to get more picks, maybe a late first and a second round pick for their 23rd pick. That could happen. Yeah, I, I think the, the guard thought is interesting, too, because Ezra Cleveland is in a contract year, and if Ed Ingram doesn't take a big step forward, they might need a right guard as well. So uh, that is a sneaky area of need down the road. Um, I noticed you have the TaylorMade hat on, Ron, too. Is that a, is that a Masters thing today? Are you in golf mode? Uh, a little bit, a little bit in golf mode. Also, just you know, I, I'm prepping for a possible commercial. Still trying to work some some contract stuff out. So part of the deal with the commercial was don't cut your hair until we shoot the commercial. So uh, it, it's part of that too. A little bit of just you know, yeah. not not the normal haircut. So I threw the hat on. But yeah, it, it's Masters uh, week. I'm excited about that. So you know, and and this is my hope to bring some sunshine in Minnesota, melt the snow, so these courses can open up. Beautiful. Luke Inman, what do you hey, got? Hey, yeah. Hey, Ron, speaking of the Masters, Sam and I had this conversation a few weeks ago. A lot harder than I thought it was going to be. We tried <laughs> ranking our favorite spring sporting events. You don't need mm -hmm. to rank them all, but you got NBA and NHL playoffs, the Masters, as we were just talking about, March Madness, which was so entertaining this year. The NFL draft is my personal favorite. Which one of those is your favorite every year or the one you get most excited about for? I'm not really an excitement person, but I will say um, you can't deny March Madness. March Madness is, is probably one of the biggest uh, sporting events uh, in the history of sports. This year was watered down a little bit because the Blue Bloods and the superstars, the first round draft pick type of guys uh, were not in the finals in the final four. Um, but I will say, you know, March Madness is right there. The Masters is up there because um, like I call it appointment TV, like Tiger Woods uh just i think he's what two over and the cameras cannot stay off of him it's just you want to watch him do great you want to watch the train wreck you want to watch it all so tiger woods i don't think there's ever been a golfer that forces you to want to watch like tiger woods has everybody like i was just at, at the gym working out and everybody was watching like every time they show tiger on the tv you can see everybody kind of stop and just want to see what happens like is tiger gonna hold this out can he make a big run can we see the red shirt on sunday I mean, that that's that's what it's about. So I do love the Masters. And then from there, uh, yeah, the NFL draft is up there. But even the NFL draft this year, to me, uh, it, it just feels like who who's going to be the guy? Because there's always a guy that gets drafted and then everybody like doesn't believe in it until it happens. Um, I, I, I don't know. C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, Levis, uh, Hooker, all these quarterbacks to me, I'm not bought in on any of them. Like I, I literally, I, I don't think I am. I do believe though that Frank Wright, whoever he gets, he can turn him into a guy because he does have the weapons there now. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to see what happens with these uh, drafted quarterbacks and and how their season plays out. Ron, uh, last year they the Vikings released a whole big series about uh, golf. Since mm -hmm. it's the Masters weekend, let's talk a little golf. Um, Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, Harrison Smith, Patrick yep. Peterson. Two of those guys are gone now. Yep. Is Kirk Cousins now the best golfer on the Vikings? Is it Harrison oh. Smith? Is it someone else? We don't know yet. I forgot Adam Thielen is gone. Yeah, because Thielen would have been yeah. the best. Uh, he is gone. Yeah. 
Uh, I asked, you know what? I, I can't remember what Kirk said because I asked him about that because he's down in Florida. And when I saw him, we were talking about golf a little bit. I can't remember what he said, but he, he is good. So I will say, I guess the def- default he is because Harrison Smith told me right. he's only like 80 something, you know, like he's in the 80s, but you know, which is still good to me. Um, but he's in the 80s. Is anybody so- who can like dethrone him? Like somebody sneaky that can come in to, to see Hawkinson, I think, is good. Golf. Uh, that's what I've heard. Hawkinson, Hawkinson a good golfer. Heard he's good. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, he we will the Pro Bowl. That the the biggest thing is I think that they sure. do a, like a players deal and so my guess is when they do their little golf deal for the Vikings, um, you know we'll find out. But yeah, I'm guessing Kirk Hawkinson uh, and then Harrison Smith, you know. But they it's it, it could be some other guys on the team that we don't know about. But those three, I guess I say yeah. I forgot I don't think man, it's weird. I forgot I don't think he was gone. You're right. right. It's weird. It's been, it's been a bit since we haven't had a feeling on the <laughs> roster. Yeah. Um, I my question I guess is just Luke brought up like the the golfing of the pro bowl and i'm never gonna forget to jerry smith's attempts at a swing (laughs) 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 Uh, and 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 that was pretty fun to watch but now it just makes me think hey we talked a lot about dalvin cook on the show what's the deal with jerry smith is he gonna be on the roster like what's your read on that yeah so if you look at a lot of these players like aaron Rodgers, like zadarius smith dalvin cook um you know who just uh, austin eckler who who was able to seek out contract offers lamar jackson a lot of these owners and gms they're playing this game now because they know it's like playing chicken you know and who's gonna balk first who's gonna who's gonna turn off and say okay here's what i'll do um i I think that's what these gms are willing to do at this point because they know and again we're, we're hearing uh the fact that the 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 cardinals were cheating which now i be I, I really feel like you know free brian flores like the fact that the cardinals were cheating with a, a coach that shouldn't be contacted and you given you gave him a burner phone like you're a drug dealer on snowfall uh you know like they might it, be <laughs> yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, that entire executive team is under investigation for crime they got burner phones like the one the, the guy that left said i have a burner phone like he's like i still got the burner phone yeah, I like got i got the, the, the text yeah. evidence uh but then the cardinals came out and said man this dude is an alcoholic like blah, blah. He, like they, they're airing out his dirty like don't believe him he's an alky drug addict like i'm like whoa like i, I told you this in confidence and now you're gonna use it against me because i'm trying to say you cheated uh yes that's how this works sir <laughs> Don't throw stones when you live in a glass house. You can't throw stones. It's like when Chris Cluey, you know, raised some alarm bells, right, with the special teams coach, and the Vikings were like, yeah, you know, he made fun of the Penn State kids, right? Like, oh, Jesus. Okay. Yep. All right. So be careful. If you you got dirty laundry, don't be trying to wash other people's because they will air yours out. (laughs) And so... The Cardinals right now, like you look at that with Brian Flores and all the stuff, and and sorry to go off on a tangent about that, but when you look at these owners and GM, that just proves that a lot of these owners have backdoor communications with other owners, and so like if 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 our interest at thirty what thirty two teams, a couple billion dollars per team, let's just call it two billion a team, we're looking at sixty four million sixty four billion minimum. And then you got some teams now saying they're worth three million, four million, five million, six million. You got the the Washington Commanders that won't even buy their coach a coffee. Mike McDaniel's came out with that. Like, man, their valuation is what? And I had to pay for coffee. Like, I mean, it, it wasn't even Starbucks or Caribou. Like, it was just coffee out of a cup, like out of a mug from a machine from a Keurig. <laughs> like, I got to pay you a dollar seventy five for a Keurig coffee. Like, I got to bring my own little cups because we got the Keurig, but you got to bring your own cups. Like, what is going on? And so you, that you just believe these that? owners, these owners can communicate with each other. So 
this is what I believe with a guy like Zadarius. I think same thing with him. It's like, hey, I want to be traded. Well, okay, go figure out who wants you. Let your let your agent do it. And then once they kind of figured out what's out there, I think now is just the waiting game of like when we're in the draft, is somebody willing to give up a third or fourth round pick for him or two thirds or two, you know, something late, third, fourth, fifth round pick that we can use to bolster up our defense, our special teams guys, because the guys we bought in are going to have to start so they can't do special teams. So I think these are all going to be kind of like draft week type of transactions or even draft day transactions or yeah, it might even lead until after yeah. the draft let everybody get their rosters together and then be like okay well this team still needs this this team needs this hey the jets still need aaron Rodgers, and i think that's that's what's going to happen with a guy like zadaris and dalvin cook it's gonna it's playing chicken with these other teams all right before like i just wanted to really quickly touch on that coffee story with the uh with uh the washington commanders mike mcdaniel um it the reason that that one sticks out is super crazy to me is because and i imagine this is practice for most teams but the media in minnesota gets free coffee right yeah. why wouldn't a coach for a team get we get free coffee in the media room right why wouldn't a coach for a team get free coffee that is yeah. mind-blowing to me yeah i just do vikings game day live and when i show up on sunday mornings on the road games we do it from tco like i can go upstairs and get a tea they're bringing me water they're like yeah, I don't pay for that stuff. And so, yeah, I just and that's why the Vikings were an A and that's why the Red, the Washington right. Commanders were an F minus and the Cardinals were an F minus. I don't even know how you get an F minus. It doesn't exist. Like, <laughs> like, like, they had to make, make up a new grade. grade. Like I yeah, felt like Mean Girls. Bad. I felt like Lindsay Lohan was doing this test like the limits does not exist. <laughs> <laughs> like the limit does not exist. Like it was Wednesday. Aaron asked me for a pencil. That's how I remember it. October 15th. It was a Wednesday. Like, <laughs> I, like I don't I don't understand what's going on with an F minus. Like how do you give an F minus? I, I, I like, that's crazy. I think if your weight room is uneven and mats are constantly up and you can trip over them in the weight room then you have to invent a new grade for how bad that is yeah i'm surprised they didn't get like a what, what is it when you don't complete your class uh <laughs> in i yeah, yeah. it completes like, let's, yeah. let's give them an eye like we're gonna talk to you about this one like like how do you have a bad travel like our travel is bad. like you you're you have a plane with your logo on it but your team doesn't have first class seats on their plane like what is going on like that 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 all is bad, but that's yeah, why the Vikings are good. That's why they're an A plus, and these other teams were F minuses. But yeah, uh, Ron, we, we mentioned Zedarius, and and maybe he joins the list of ex Vikings at some point. Not sure, mm -hmm. but let me give you the list of guys that have moved on. Tell me who you think will will give the Vikings regret. Who's going to ball out with their new team? Adam Thielen, Irv Smith, Dalvin Tomlinson, Eric Kendricks, Duke Shelley, or Patrick Peterson? What one guy? Do you think is going to make the Vikings wish they'd kept him? Hmm. Well, I, 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 my, my gut reaction says Adam Thielen, just because we don't know what KJ, you know, if KJ Osborne can go as a true number two and, you know, if they don't intend on bringing anybody in or drafting anybody, I could see Adam Thielen have a big year with CJ Stroud uh, being the veteran in there and like a huge red zone year where they're like, oh man, we, we really probably could have used Thielen. I wish he had, you know, renegotiated his contract. The other ones to me, like Patrick Peterson with the, with the Steelers, they got Byron Murphy, so we'll let that play out. Um, you know, Duke Shelley, who knows? Irv Smith to me is the funniest. Like I love Irv Smith, but his comments about like I feel like I'm the missing piece to the to the championship, the 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 uh, the Super Bowl they need. With I'm like they've been to a Super Bowl. 
they've been to like the AFC Championship a couple times without you. Like, I get what you're saying. Like, you know, I could I be another. You're no Hayden Hurst, all right. You're but, no they, but they already have Jamar Chase, uh, T. Higgins, and uh, what's his name? I'm like Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd. I'm like, oh, I don't know if you're the missing piece, but you're gonna help them. Like, but yeah, like I don't, I just don't see it. And and get to the Super Bowl. We'll see what happens because it, it is Bills, Bengals, and Chiefs pretty much over there. So we'll see. But yeah, I, that, was that was the funniest. That was the funniest comment to me. Finally, have your missing piece. Yeah, you finally. Have like DJ Hawkinson, I think makes you forget about Irv. I think Byron Murphy makes you forget about Patrick Peterson and Duke Shelley. Uh, I think a Caleb Evans being healthy will make you forget about Duke Shelley. Uh, we would have never known about Duke Shelley without a Caleb Evans getting hurt. Um, right. and Andrew Booth Jr. So I think those cancel each other out. But I do think the Adam Thielen one, that's that's going to be a tough one because in, in this league, I mean, look at the, the – I just said it, the Bengals, T. Higgins and uh, Chase. Everybody thought T. Higgins can go to another team. And T. Higgins was like, man, forget y'all. I'm good here. We we got something <laughs> special. Like, I'm good. And and I think that's that's the biggest piece, you know, to those type of puzzles is like some teams do need multiple receivers, whereas the Chiefs, they just need Patrick Mahomes. They'll take anybody at receiver and they'll make it work. So uh, tomorrow, Ron Johnson hosts the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Roundtable. We're talking Wolves coming down the stretch. We're obviously talking Masters. We're uh, going to have a little four man team, a little competition Tiger Woods just bogeyed again. Not looking good for him, but plenty of discussion tomorrow. Luke Inman, Ron Johnson, Reggie Wilson, and myself. Uh, we'll talk to you then, Ron. All right. Thank you. Good stuff from Ron Johnson. Uh, let me close with this. couple leftover mailbag questions from yesterday's show. I like to get these in because people ask the questions. We want to answer them. Uh, Maurice wanted to know about Dorian Thompson Robinson. He's been linked to the Vikings. I think they met with them or talked to him. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, UCLA QB. Anybody have a take on him? I watched like two, two and a half games. Love the athleticism. I mean, looks springy back there is the best word I can put it. Turns a lot of nothings into somethings. Threw with a lot more anticipation from the pocket than I, I kind of expected going in. Five-year starter, got better every single year too. Doesn't really have the prototypical cannon NFL arm, I don't think, but got the ball up pretty quick. Played that Chip Kelly uh, offense, kind of go through his reads and progressions, which I think there's something there that could translate with KOC. I like him a little bit more than I thought I would. But again, small sample size. I've heard a lot of, I don't want to say mixed reviews, but some people as high as maybe the third, fourth round. Some people, you know, late day three, something like that. So he's mm -hmm. 233 in the consensus big board. I think that he is way too low, but I get it. Uh, high high super high highs electric athlete has the ability to really like move mm -hmm. in a way that i think emphasizes agility more than speed although they, of course he has speed um but it, I, I think it's very functional movement for somebody who has to escape out of the pocket i think he moves a little bit too quickly um i think that he has confidence in what he sees he's not always correct his lows are really low and you gotta iron that out and that's and that's a tough ask um, I think he's, he's a five-year starter, so you have to kind of yeah. ask, like, why haven't you learned this? Or exactly. That yet? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, either the Luke's correct me if I'm wrong. He's also a little bit undersized on top of all of that, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, six foot two. I mean, let me look at the weight here real quick. Perfect. I know he's six foot two. So six two three. Little, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's a little undersized. You probably want. 215, 220, and probably 6'3", at least, but you know, mm -hmm. that's not going to... 1-5-1, 10-yard split, though. That's what, 99%? Yeah, no, yeah exactly. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. 
So, like, there's a lot there that I really like about him, but he's somebody I wouldn't touch in the first two rounds, and I think mm. I would want to avoid in the third round based on availability. But if you got him in the fourth, I think I'd be really happy. I think getting that caliber of guy with that kind of potential is really difficult, and a lot of times it doesn't work out. Uh, Logan Thomas was converted to tight end. Tyree mm. Jackson was converted to tight end. Those guys are obviously bigger than Dorian Thompson Robinson, but I'm saying the high-ceiling guys usually go a lot earlier when you find them later, I think you should take them, even though there's like a reason that high ceiling guys are available later. But I, I kind of like him. It's just, man, you're going to have to wait if you grab him. Yeah, yeah I, I have a third round grade on him. Um, and wow. the reason is, I think he can be a backup quarterback immediately. Um, and I think the limitations on him, because, you know, you see an athlete that, like that and you think high ceiling. I don't think too high a ceiling. I think really high floor because of the floor that running gives you. You know, a play can break and he can rip off a 30-yard run. Um, like, honestly, watching his college tape felt like watching Justin Fields on the Bears this year in kind of good and bad ways. <laughs> um, but the problems I have with him are limitations on his arm. Very clear that he prefers throwing over the middle of the field and does not like throwing to the sideline. Go balls to the sideline aren't there. Um, throws on the run are not as good as I hope they would be for a yeah, quarterback. Notice that too. Scrambling around. Yeah. So there are these limitations. And because he's a five year starter, you kind of have to go on the assumption that, like, okay, this guy's probably about what he is going to be. Like, I, this is not, you know, you, Anthony Richardson's played 13 games. He's 20. Like, he can learn a lot. There's there's a lot more that experience can maybe bring to him. I don't know if that's the same with Thompson Robinson, but as like a PJ Walker kind of backup, a guy that's like, wait, you put this dude in if your quarterback rolls his ankle and suddenly he gives you this whole new dimension to your offense that can catch a defense off guard. There's a yeah. cool value to that, and that's why I would take him in the third round. Yeah, I think Thompson Robinson has definitely peaked, and uh, I also think Hendon Hooker is going to be a future Pro Bowler and win a Super Bowl for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, that is the <laughs> Minnesota football party today. Arif Hassan, Luke Inman, Luke Braun, thanks for joining. Subscribe on YouTube. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you on Monday on the Minnesota football party. So long. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.